0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast, or welcome if you are new, whether this is your first episode ever or you've been here from the beginning, which it's crazy because we are almost at a year of the podcast, guys. I don't even know how that's possible, but somehow it is. Either way, I'm just so grateful that you're choosing to spend your time with me. If you're new to me, I'm Mallory Page. I'm a registered dietitian and also your host of this podcast. And this is the space where we discuss wellness, fitness, nutrition, eating disorders, and talk about these things in a non-diet lens. Because oftentimes when you're searching around online, you get a lot of information that is very infiltrated with diet culture and we don't always see the other side of it. So my hopes with this is to present you with the true research on it and share a different perspective so that you can, at the end of the day, decide how you want to view something, how you want to have it in your life, etc., etc. Now, today's topic is one that I'm excited about, but it's also, it's spicy, okay? I feel like it's going to get the people going. I'm not going to lie. Something that people may not know about dietitians is that Our education is science-based, so we get a Bachelor's of Science, and we do Gen Chem and O Chem, and we do classes to learn how to look through research and apply what we learn from that research, and everything that we do as much as possible is research-backed. So, a big piece of what I do in the day-to-day, just in general to stay up on current topics is look through research and what's coming out. But then also, this is a huge piece of what I do for my program, Live Unrestricted, and also my new program, Live Unrestricted for Practitioners, because something that drove me absolutely insane when I was trying to recover is when people couldn't give me logical answers and research-backed information as to why I was making a choice or changing a habit. I would just sit there thinking to myself, okay, well, I'm not going to do this because you can't give me a reason as to why I should. Now, I know that could be a little bit extreme. Of course, I have that tendency to be the extreme, but I think many of you guys probably feel the same. You want to know why something is being chosen and why it's being done. And so whenever I present information around choosing food freedom, recovery from an eating disorder, talking about exercise and body image, I want to provide as much research as possible and as much valid information to help you feel trusting as you take those steps. So this article is one that a member of my team actually alerted me of and it was just too good not to share. And as I'm sure you already saw in the title, which may have made you quick click this because you're like, wait, what the heck is she talking about? It is on sexual attraction to men as a risk factor for eating disorders and the role of mating expectancies and drive for thinness. I do want to note before we even get into this, that this lead author is a man. So the one that was conducting this research, it was not a woman, it was a man. So in this episode, I'm going to walk you through some of the background and justification as to why they did this study. I'm going to talk shortly about the study itself, but I am also going to link the study. The full text of it is free. It's very easy to digest, unlike some research studies, and you may find it really interesting to go through and learn more about the stuff that I may not have mentioned in the episode. But then I really want to hone in on the interesting things to know in the discussion and what this research study means for you, and also how I see this affect my clients. But I'm also going to share a personal story because it's not something I've really talked about that much on here or in my recovery journey. But as I saw this, I just knew it was something that I needed to bring up. So we're going to be going through all of that. And if you have thoughts, it's actually a really cool feature now on Spotify where I can ask questions. So I'm going to ask a few questions in there that I'd love to hear from you. In that area, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. I would love if you shared it on your story. My Instagram is always linked down below, and so are all of my other details. And by down below, I mean in the show notes. I'm so used to that from my old YouTube days. But without further ado, let's just dive the heck into it. So First, we're going over the background and justification behind this study. So, it's stated that men tend to give more importance than women to physical aspects when selecting a partner. Thus, the internalization of beauty standards and the ideal of thinness may be greater in populations attracted to men, placing them at higher risk for eating disorders. So, that is kind of what they're wanting to explore in this study. Where they deduce that from are previous studies. So, there was a study that has shown well, there are multiple studies, I'm sorry, that have shown men place a higher value on physical appearance when selecting a partner, while women place a higher value on other factors such as personality, status, power, income, etc. And there are also other previous studies that have shown a higher prevalence in eating disorders in both heterosexual women and gay men. So, from that, one could potentially infer that there that it is the sexual attraction to men that puts these two groups at increased risk for eating disorders. So now let's talk about how they studied these claims. The study was comprised of 398 participants, so 42% of those were men, 58 were female. And then out of those 45% of those men and 68% of the women reported to be sexually attracted to men. Also, out of the sample, 46.5% of them declared themselves to be open to relationships, and that was either because they were single themselves or because they were involved in non-exclusive relationships. I will note that that was only a very small part. There were 36 people that were in non-exclusive relationships. So they collected their data by an online questionnaire. You can find out more about the questionnaire within the study that I will link. And the study compares ED symptoms in a sample of heterosexual and gay men and women. And the three main areas that were observed in this study were body dissatisfaction, drive for thinness, and bulimia. So, I'm going to go over the results and interesting things to note in this study, and then we'll get into the discussion. So, number one, men attracted participants presented higher drives for thinness than participants attracted to women. So, in simple terms, no matter if you were a woman or a man, if you were attracted to men, you had a higher desire to be thin than the people that were attracted to women whether they were a woman or a man. Number 2, there is a significant interaction between sex whether you're a male or female and sexual orientation. So some things that supported this is number 1, the drive for thinness has a much larger discrepancy between gay men and straight men. Number two, the drive for thinness has a less stark contrast between straight women and lesbian women, but straight women still test almost twice as high. Number three, in the case of body dissatisfaction, male-attracted participants always tested higher. Number four, men-attracted participants presented higher bulimia scores than women-attracted participants. And just because I haven't explained it, bulimia is an eating disorder that involves purging, whether it be through throwing up, exercise, laxatives, or other means. So, those were the main results that are presented in the study to support their claims, but there were some other interesting findings that came up that I wanted to mention. Number one, Gay men who are open to relationships, therefore they could be single or they could be in an open relationship, present higher drives for thinness and body dissatisfaction scores than gay men who are not open to relationships. So, the desire to attract men does seem to play a role in eating disorder symptoms, at least for men. The other thing is that, in general, previous studies have already shown that sexual and gender minorities are at a greater risk for eating disorders than their heterosexual and cisgendered counterparts. This is a very important thing to know as a practitioner. How do we support these people that are already at disadvantage to developing an eating disorder? And then the last thing is gay men are 10 times as likely to have eating disorders than heterosexual men. That is a really powerful statistic. When you think about 10 times, that is a lot. So now that we've gone through all of the research stuff, what the heck does this mean? you know, what am I drawing from this study? What do I want you guys to take from this study? And what did the researchers take from this study? So, in the discussion piece of the article, the researchers explain what they drew from their results. And the things that they drew from it is, number one, it is proposed that ED behaviors and symptoms may be partially driven by mating motivations. And what they mean by that is the availability of your, basically, if you are single and you are wanting to have a partner, that affects your ED behaviors and symptoms. Number two, sexual orientation seems to be a risk factor for gay men, but the results are still inconclusive for straight women. So, they felt that the results that they had around gay men being at risk because they were attracted to men was much more conclusive than it was for women. And then, last but not least, In the case of heterosexual women, they felt that other cultural factors likely needed to be considered in order to make more definitive claims about their sexual orientation and how that affects their eating disorder risk factors. So, I feel like the thing that I want to note is that there's no causal relationship that can be drawn from this study. We can't actually claim that being attracted to men causes eating disorders. We can simply look at this study and draw a correlation. So I am in no way trying to sit here and say, if you like men, you're going to develop an eating disorder. Not only would that be problematic, it would also be untrue. So definitely don't think that I'm trying to say that. I really wanted to share this with you because I find it super interesting. It's just so wild to be able to look at some of the things that cause and can contribute to eating disorder development, especially as someone that works within this field, because it can help to give us more of an insight to how we help to support patients and clients and, and how we work through this with them. I think that's what's important to remember is that eating disorders are super complex issues, and they're usually coming from a accumulation of a lot of things, incidents, cultures, childhood, society, and You would never want to say that an eating disorder or disordered eating comes about from one thing, but this could help you really think about this a little more critically and how your attraction to anyone, but especially men, if you are attracted to men, could be affecting you. So I want to kind of share a personal story about my eating disorder and how my attraction to men affected me. And as I said before, I am feeling really nervous about opening up around this story. And the reason why is because although I've gone through a lot of therapy and now I've been able to release the shame and embarrassment that I feel around this topic and experience that I'm going to share, it's still something that had that shame and it had that embarrassment. And I don't find or hear many people talking about this, especially not within the scope of eating disorders. But I know that it is so rare that we truly experience things alone. And I've talked with my clients about these experiences And I want to continue to encourage my clients, but also any of you that resonate with this, to feel that you can not only open up around this and know that you're not alone, but also that you can let go of the shame and the embarrassment that you may feel around how attraction to men or how needing attraction for men has affected your relationship to food, body image, etc. All right, let's just get into this before I chicken out. I Don't want to share. So I had an eating disorder from my second year of high school to my third year of college. And in the initial piece, so my second year of high school to the end of my first year of college, I had a boyfriend. This was my ex-boyfriend from high school. We were together for like three and a half years or so. And I do want to mention that he in no way created the eating disorder. He was never commenting on my body or my food or anything like that. I'm not saying that my attraction to men and therefore being attracted to him didn't affect it, but he was not at fault for my eating disorder coming about. Because I know many people, especially women and men too, that deal with their partner contributing to their disordered eating or eating disorder. So I wanted to make sure that that was known. Now, When we broke up, which was basically at the very beginning of my second year of college, it was a pretty wild time for me because prior to that, I had always been somewhat of a serial monogamist. And trust me, I have worked through this extensively in therapy. I know why this was the case and I know and have worked through the feelings behind it, but to give context to this story, it, it adds a level of importance because not only was I coming out of a relationship, I was also coming out of really a string of relationships where I had an incredibly hard time being by myself. And therefore, when I went into this new world of being single, but especially being single at a huge school, it's University of Arizona, by the way, just so you know, if you're curious, huge school, tons of beautiful, stunning people that many of them are dealing with body dysmorphia, eating disorders, disordered eating, et cetera, et cetera. I was kind of taken aback because not only was there a piece of me that was excited because I was like, wow, there's all this freedom and I'm going to be single and I'm going to be on my own and I'm going to develop this sense of self. I also was recognizing that it had been so many years that I had had constant validation whenever I needed from someone else, especially romantic partners and men that were interested in me. And I don't really feel I knew how to exist very well, at least, without it. And so as I started to try to navigate this, I found myself in some really problematic cycles that basically went as such. Me feeling unconfident or me just feeling, in general, kind of low. Me wanting validation from a man. Comparing myself to other people. Trying to understand why they may get attention or I may not get attention or what I should do to be more like them. Getting validation from a man. Feeling temporarily better. Trying to think of what gave me that validation. Why they were attracted to me in that moment then once that validation goes away or because it's typically fleeting, right, you're not in a constant relationship like you are when you're in a romantic relationship that's committed, then I would go back to feeling low. And so I'm not saying that was true in every single area of my life. It wasn't like I was depressed every single time. I didn't have that type of attraction or validation from someone, but it definitely was a cycle that was going on pretty much all the time that was affecting me to an extent. Because of that area. And it's so interesting because I was so confident and independent and sure of myself. And I always felt that I carried a level of intelligence in other areas, both emotionally and then mentally. And yet, this area felt like it was my crutch. Like, I could not just overcome this need for having. Just reassurance, validation, and attraction from men. And when I look back on it now, I'm able to give myself so much grace because I've gone through the therapy to understand why I felt that way. You know, I had gone through traumatic experiences, sexual experiences with men from a young age that influenced how I felt. I didn't set myself up for a lot of success by continuing to be in relationships and not being able to have confidence on my own. And there are a number of other things that aren't really that important to go through that influence this. And so now I can see and give myself grace. of like, Mallory, no, just remember those were what you were going through. And that was why you were dealing with it. It wasn't just as simple of snapping your fingers to overcome something. There were so many deeper things that were going on that ended up contributing to this. But regardless of being able to recognize that now, I wasn't able to recognize that in the moment. And so, the way that that would play out in a more literal sense were things like every time I would go out, if I didn't have a conversation with a man that made me feel like I was attractive or that they wanted me or I didn't see the situationship that I was currently in or I didn't get the attention from the person that I wanted... It was just automatically such a damper on my mood, and it made me feel like the night itself wasn't successful, which is so sad because it definitely took away from my ability to just experience and enjoy what was really important about college, which was being with my girlfriends and having fun and making memories, and that was not actually ruining my night if i looked at it logistically but it was just how i felt it was like i couldn't control that feeling then the same thing was true when we talked about just relationships to men whenever i was in a relationship a friendship a romantic relationship with them it was always me thinking about what they wanted to see from me and how i needed to be in order to make sure that they saw me as attractive and wanted to validate me and That was just so frustrating because it was really me deducing myself and, like, becoming something that I really wasn't. It wasn't like I wasn't that person at all, but it wasn't how I would have presented myself to someone else. And yet, I'm constantly sitting there thinking about what they're thinking about me and how I need to change myself to be liked by them rather than just being myself. And the sad truth about the flip side of this as well is it can give you both really low lows and really high highs because when you are shaping yourself to be something that a man wants or someone else wants to make them attracted to you, obviously you're going to have a higher success rate for people that end up being attracted to you but it's not them actually being attracted to you. It's them being attracted to the version of you that you are wanting them to see because you are so desperate for confidence and for validation that you would rather change yourself than just be who you are. And as you can imagine, this really seeped itself into my eating disorder and my eating disorder behaviors. So I constantly thought about how my body needed to look and compared it to other women and how they looked versus how I looked and then that, of course, would change my eating habits and what I thought I should be having and what I shouldn't and just my general dissatisfaction about myself and because my confidence was so based off of these physical things and I thought that that was what really made me who I was or what people wanted to see from me, especially men, it kind of took over so much of my mental space. It It was monopolizing what I thought about. And through my therapy and healing, I now know that a big reason for that was because it was a protective mechanism. Me constantly putting out this version of myself, you know, changing my body, having this identity around the way that I ate, constantly presenting in a way that other people, especially men, would want from me, it made me feel safer than actually being my real self and then that self being rejected because I wasn't confident in who I was through my own doing and then through past experiences. And so at least if you put out a fake version of yourself that you're just creating for someone to give you validation and they don't accept it, they're not rejecting the real you, And so, all of this being said, I don't share this because I want to center my experience in the conversation. And also, I want to disclaim that, of course, being someone that is a thin white woman that has held a lot of privilege and is also heterosexual, it will totally be different for me than for other people. And I don't want to try to act like, oh my gosh, I had it so hard. And all of these experiences were so challenging. Poor me. That's not what I want at all. I just don't feel like anyone really opens up the conversation and that's all I wanted to do. The study made me feel inspired to share that. And then also to be able to give key takeaways as to not only what I had to do, but then also discussion on maybe what you want to think about. If you find yourself relating to my story or just relating to a desire for attraction that you feel like affects your desire for thinness, eating disorder behaviors, and body dissatisfaction in a way that is harmful. So what I actually ended up realizing when I really broke this down further than what I was explaining to you is that that attraction in itself and my need for that attraction was an area of healing that I had to pinpoint in order to work through my eating disorder because it wasn't even just attraction from men that I was looking for. It was also validation from others that I was the healthy friend, that I was the fit friend. Like these things became my identity in so many ways and they became a part of what I could focus on and obsess about instead of being able to sit with my real thoughts and do the hard work. And so I had to ask myself, what am I trying to gain from these moments with men? What am I trying to gain from these people commenting on what I eat and how I look? And how can I, in a way, reverse engineer that? How can I build up my confidence? Because at the end of the day, I was actually looking for validation from men because I wanted to have confidence in myself, to love myself, and I wanted to feel accepted by others and to feel loved. And so I can recognize now that the way out of that was not getting the validation. It was being able to cultivate the things within myself that I could then love, right? So it is stopping engaging in those behaviors and trying to change my body for other people. It is being my true self and experiences rather than trying to change myself to fit it. It's dressing in a way that i like rather than what i think other people will like it's having your hair it's doing your makeup it's doing the things that you like to do rather than what you think other people will like to do and of course it's not that simple right but i'm just throwing out examples of how we kind of have to work through that and of course it's going to be very different for everyone as i said i've done a lot of therapy to work through these things and the therapy was a part of my recovery and uncovering those experiences that I mentioned and traumas and challenges that everyone has in their own way and coming to terms with them and learning that I could still love myself and accept myself through them. That was a huge piece of this this process. So if you're thinking about this for you and asking, okay, what does this mean? I feel like the first thing to remember is that you know yourself best. So If you're feeling like you are attracted to men, you're wanting to attract a male partner and that's affecting your body image and your desire for thinness and your behaviors, which it often does for many of my clients, which is why we hold these type of conversations, then you'll know that that's something that you need to unpack to experience true healing. And I just don't think that we always make that connection. I think we kind of think of them as separate entities, but it's important and I hope that this episode is helping you to recognize how they can all be tied. And I would highly suggest working with a licensed therapist to do so. And then also if there are eating disorder behaviors that are contributing to it, so if you are engaging in things as food and exercise that are connected to that, Definitely add on a dietician to that. Like a program like Live Unrestricted, that's exactly what you would need to support the work that you're also doing with your therapist. On the same token, if you feel that your desire for a partner and being attracted to men doesn't affect you at all or your body image, that's totally fine. Again, this study is not saying in any way, and I am not saying that being attracted to men, wanting a partner to any extent, whether they're male or female, is going to change how you feel about your body, your desire for thinness, etc. Okay? It's just something to think about. So if you do feel that this is negatively impacting your relationship with your body, the best advice that I can give you via a simple podcast is the people who only want to be in your life or be in a relationship with you based off of how you look do not deserve to be in your life. And they're not the person for you. Even if they're not intentionally, negatively commenting on your body when it changes, right? Because there's kind of two segments to this, right? There. Number one, you could have a partner or people in your life that are commenting if your body changes, commenting on your food, you know, making you not feel good about yourself in a way that makes you question, well, what if I don't stay this body? They're still going to find me attractive. Like, they don't deserve to be in your life if that's truly how they are feeling, or you need to set very strong boundaries around it if it's not a romantic partner and it's a parent or someone else that you obviously still want in your life. On the other side of it, you can go back to my story and see that in some cases, you may be the one that's projecting this version of yourself only to get attraction for someone. And if you're having to do that, that is not the person for you, right? They should want you and love you for you. And so that's a big process of having to not tell ourselves that we need to present in this certain way in order to be loved. Like, you can be your true self, be in your true body, and still be loved for exactly who you are. And as much as I hate to be the one to tell you this, your body is going to change constantly throughout your life. I feel like we so badly, especially as women, just wanted to stay the same. And yet, that's just not how life goes. You know, it's going to ebb. It's going to flow. Not only within the months to months. I mean, that's kind of dramatic, but you get what I'm saying. But also from year to year. And when you're looking for a long-term partner, someone that you truly want to be with, you want to pick someone that is going to be there by your side throughout every single season of your body and be attracted to you throughout all of those different seasons for who you are and not just for what you look like. Now, I'm not negating that attraction plays a big role in relationships, but I think you guys get what I'm saying. There's a big difference between being attracted to someone contingent on exactly how they look and that being the basis of the relationship versus being attracted to someone for who they are and how they look is another bonus that makes that relationship even more fulfilling. So, ultimately, finding a partner that knows that Although your appearance is something that helps for them to feel even more attracted and connected with you, they know that it's also the least interesting, thing, well, least interesting thing about you and that your soul, who you are, makes you, you. Because that's true. We're really just all walking around in these big, like, meat sacks, which is kind of a weird thought, and we're all, like, 99.9% the same. I don't actually think that's the specific number, but it's very close to that which is so wild to think about. This episode is a little different than my typical episodes because a lot of the times, you know, we're going over a topic at large and then presenting different sides of research and discussions. And as I said, this is much more inconclusive. You know, we're just talking about a correlation, but I did feel like when I really broke this down, I realized that in the bigger picture, this was something that I felt like needed to be shared, not about my personal journey, but just in general, because people aren't talking about it. And when we continue to keep things in the dark, we can't work through them and start to improve. And so I hope that this study was not only interesting, but also maybe that it allowed you to think critically about how these things could be affecting you if they are. And then also how you are going to work out of that in order to find that that inner confidence so that you're not feeling that need to be thinner, dislike your body or engage in behaviors that just are not beneficial for you. So thank you so much for listening. This is another one of those episodes that you can't really give it a rating from 1 to 10 because if you're new here, I should say, we typically give a rating from 1 to 10 on how diet culture something is. I don't think you can give this a rating, really. So tune in for the next episode that we can do something along those lines. If you did enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you gave the podcast a rating or review on Apple or on Spotify. We're getting so close to 200 on Spotify, which I am so excited about. So that would be a cool place to do it if you wanted to. And I would really love to hear any of your feedback. If you have an episode idea that you want me to do, please feel free to submit it. There's an area in the show notes that leads you to our website where you can submit the topic so that we see it, or you can DM it to me as well. And if you have any questions that came up from this, please let me know. But thank you again so much for being here. If you have anything that is on your mind after listening to this, always feel free to reach out. And I can't wait to see you again next week.